really enjoyed singing along with you this morning and enjoyed hearing your singing. Thank you so much for ministering to my heart and to each other's hearts uh, in song. I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles this morning and go to the book of 1 Peter and 2 Peter. Kind of hold your finger into both places. And I'd like to talk to you uh, and preach to you this morning about the um, grace of God and, and how that practical grace, not just saving grace, but practical grace operates in our lives uh, as we live as God's children each and every day of our lives. Um, so let's ask the Lord's blessing on the preaching of his word this morning as you have your fingers in those two letters of your Bibles. And then we'll begin. All right, let's pray together. Father in heaven, we ask your blessing upon the, the preaching and the application of your word to our hearts this morning. We need your help. And that's what grace is. It's help from heaven, not just to save us, but to guide us and sustain us through all the natural rhythms of our lives that you've granted to us. Worship is one of those natural habits. So we need a better understanding of your grace this morning and how to hear and how to understand your word in relationship to the passages before us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Growing pains. Uh, growing pains. <laughs> uh, we have growing pains physically. We certainly have those familially in our families, as you may be in a family that's still having children birthed into your home. We certainly have experienced uh, growing pains at our vocations. You may have a company that's hired more people expanded their facilities. Uh, we've uh, endured through growing pains here even as a church family. And we often say this, uh, growing pains are tough, but boy, we'd rather be in growing pains than not growing at all, right? And that's true, no matter where we're experiencing those growing pains in our lives. And I gotta let you know, I think I'm probably not much different than you all. I've experienced a lot of personal spiritual growing pains in the last 10 months. Uh, these were uh, spiritual issues brought to my attention, possibly to your attention. Um, during the most, potentially the most difficult time uh, of, our, of our lives here uh, in these last few months. I think the political year, the, the virus, enduring through the days of social injustice, protesting and rioting and looting. Um, add to that the, the billions of optics of um, all of our screens bring to us and those optics create um, passions that create narratives that uh, always aren't 
um, whatsoever things are true. Every day brings its own um, distractions to our life in pursuit of Christ-likeness. Those are normal, even in non-2020 years. But needless to say, I've been tested. You've been tested in the last 10 months in, in unique and, and special ways. We've not been tested before. And so um, we need to just remember that, you know, the devil's always walking around seeking whom he may devour. He's prowled around me, is still prowling uh, around me and my home. And it just seems to be having done that more intensely in recent times. It affects our marriages in so many ways. It affects our relationships with our children. If we fear, our children fear. If we fret, our children fret. If our passions aren't governed, then it's no surprise. Our children can be uh, emotional wrecks at times. If we're all individually struggling in these areas, then we know the church can struggle as well. And what about our secular work environments? I'm sure none of you experienced um, political tensions at work this year. I'm sure there were no disagreements about the practice or non-practice of COVID protocols. I'm certain that social justice issues never affected your, your work life this last year. At times 2020 almost felt apocalyptic in nature and to top off the craziness of it all, I mean, like the Browns beat the Steelers two weeks in a row and once in the playoffs. <laughs> Crazy times, uh, to be sure. And folks, uh, all these tensions that we endured uh, together uh, were God appointed for our growth and for our development in Christ-likeness. And these were growing pains for sure. But we would all say looking back that because it was grace that compelled us to grow, it was worth it all. It was certainly um, a divine thing that happened to us personally and collectively and and will continue to happen to us. I love the adversative but in the New Testament scriptures. There's a favorite one that I've always had in 2 Peter 3.18 that may be a favorite of yours as well, but uh, grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I love that particular adversative in that context because Peter writes to uh, churches across Asia and Asia Minor that were, had been for some time enduring 
tremendous amounts of affliction and persecution, trials in their life because of their faith in Christ. Uh, even though that they were in the landscape or living in the landscape of those trials, saving grace was still practical grace to them. And it taught them how to be developed towards Christ's likeness, but growing grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, folks, God's grace is an unlimited, available resource, and it is to be utilized and enjoyed by us in every natural rhythm of our life. When times are good and when times are tough, As day after day formed to weeks, then months, each of us learned more about ourselves in the past few, um, well, the past 10 months than we may have even really wanted to know. Uh, trials have a way of bringing our sinful, selfish side to the surface, to the forefront, and sometimes for more people to see than we would want. We all know God has his way of overseeing our circumstance in order to compel spiritual growth in Christ-likeness. And well, through several once-in-a-lifetime events and circumstances, he compelled us all to grow, as I said earlier, even though much of it was quite painful. But we did grow. You did grow. You did struggle well. If you're still attached to the Lord and, and His Word and His body as a local church, regardless whether you feel like you struggled well over the last nine months, you did. And to God be the glory for that. God's grace not only compels us, and I might say or use the word forces us to personally grow unto and into Christ's likeness. And grace compels us to grow as a body of Christ. Two. The logic is simple. If the individuals who are part of the whole are growing by grace, then the whole body is healthier as well. We've seen this grace develop you here in our church family in 2020, and I'm sure we'll see it in 2021. All glory to God in the highest, for sure. And what great gospel opportunities that we all have in front of us. So, as we've already said, grace is heaven's overwhelmingly miraculous power to not only save us, but also to compel us to spiritually grow through life's natural rhythms. We have uh, been saved by grace, and it's an all-consuming, transforming grace. We've mentioned that from uh, our pulpit at Grace for years and decades, and that saving grace compels us to practically grow by that same grace into and unto the character of Christ. I think the book of 1 Peter uh, highlights this truth, as we've already mentioned. The word grace is peppered through all five chapters of this letter. If you have a really good memory. You may recall a little over 10 years ago, we highlighted the usages of the word grace in these five chapters 
in a morning service and also for you who are in our Young Married Sunday School class at that time. So I just want to take a brief overview at the look of these usages in this passage again if you have your Bible. And like I said, uh, if you have your Bible you had over 10 years ago, these usages may already be highlighted. But we're just going to uh, glance over these very quickly and move forward into uh, how we can uh, practically apply uh, the usages of uh, these words to our daily living. Right? The first usage is found in chapter 1 and verse 2. Verse 2 says, According to the knowledge, the foreknowledge of God the Father, by the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood, may grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure. You'll find the second usage, if you'll go down with me here to verse 13. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you of the revelation of Jesus Christ. And then you have to go over to verse chapter 3 and verse number 7 <coughs> to find the next usage here of the word grace. A familiar verse to many of us. You husbands in the same way live with your wives in an understanding way as with someone weaker, since she is a woman, and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. The next usage of the word grace, if you jump over to chapter 4, and verse number 10, as each one of you has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. We'll find it again in chapter 5 here in verse 10, where Peter says, After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. And then we find it for a final time here in verse number 12. Through Silvanus, our faithful brother, for so I regard him, I have written to you briefly, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God. Stand firm in it. So again, for those of you who are newer to Christ, Peter wrote to quite a number of churches scattered throughout Asia and Asia Minor. They were scattered because they were persecuted. These were Christians familiar with life's most difficult times. Peter knew that they would need to be reminded that the grace that saved them is the grace that sustains them in every natural rhythm of life, even in difficulty and the failure we realize while we endure through difficulty. The need for the understanding of how capable grace is to sustain us is expressed, I believe, in the words of Psalm 16 and verse 2, where the writer of that psalm says, O my soul, thou hast said to Jehovah, thou art my Lord, I have no good beyond thee. In Christ, in the Lord, <laughs> by his grace, 
Um, I am his and he is mine. The same goes for you. He is our all in all. And his grace uh, is our grace in Christ. You know, often we ask for grace in various situations. And that's fine, I suppose. And as long as we understand that grace saturates our lives, and when we walk in the Spirit, the way the Bible described for us last Sunday evening when we studied Galatians 5 together over live stream, we come to find out that we don't need to ask for grace, but ask for a better understanding of how capable and available it is so that it can be enjoyed in every morsel of living of our lives. So in 1 Peter, we see the letter begins and ends with the mention of the sufficiency of grace. In chapter 1 and verse 2, we find out that certainly we're saved by grace and we're saved unto a life of obedience in Christ. And that grace underpins a whole life of obedience in Christ. And then we see it bookends this small letter again in chapter 5 and verse 12, which we've already read, which mentions that the abundant true grace of God remains Peter's whole reason for writing to a hurting people. In grace, they can continue to stand firm in challenging times. Chapter 1 and verse 13 reminds us that grace will be ours even unto the return of Christ. So grace that saves and helps us obey and persevere through life's difficulties is the same grace that remains ours until we realize the final fruit of saving grace that Paul even mentions in 1 Thessalonians 5 as Peter mentions it here in chapter 1 and verse 13. And that's the salvation of our bodies from this old world. While we enjoy bodily saving grace from this old world, or at least we look forward to that, grace compels us to continue to live as obedient children of a holy God. Verse 14 says that we are to be obedient children and not conform to the former lusts, which were yours in your ignorance, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all of your behavior. So grace saves our souls. It will save our bodies from this earth in time. And in the meantime, it is ever present as a reality for us, a divine reality for us, to grow us in holiness, and it underpins our existence through every natural rhythm of life. Grace that saves is grace that sustains. One practical way that grace supports our growth in holiness is in our homes. We saw that as we read in 1 Peter 3, 7. You can be assured that when things are going well in your home, that's grace. And you can also be assured when things aren't going so well at home and the Spirit of God convicts your heart uh, to right those wrongs, that that's also the grace of God. It's clear in this passage that the Lord intends homes to enjoy grace and 
compels husbands and wives to enjoy a walk with the Lord together in that grace. So anything that compels a couple or a home to pursue the word, communication with the Lord in prayer, honor in the way, um, or honor in the way of, of respecting the way that the Lord had created uh, both the husband and the wife, um, any, any drive that we have to investigate what makes each other tick as couples, uh, that's, all, that's all grace. And even in private prayer uh, between couples in a home, compelled to worship the Lord in that way, uh, it, it's all grace. Chapter four and verse 10 teaches us that grace is operative in the church as it is in the home. It's the manifold grace of God that gifts each saint with at least one spiritual speaking or serving gift. And those gifts are to be employed. The grace of God empowers the spirit-filled believer to employ those gifts unto the encouragement of the church as we help each other grow up into Christ-likeness. So, even by God's grace, our service in the church is underpinned from help from heaven. So anything good that you see, any way that you've been encouraged by another saint's spiritual gift being ministered to you, or you ministering your spiritual gift to another saint, folks, that's all grace. If it's good, and if it's of a spiritual kind, it's all of God's grace. God's grace supports the no soul left behind approach that we take to ministry here as we do great commission work together and when it comes to serving in the local church together. These spiritual gifts, as we've already mentioned, and you can reread that passage for yourself in verses 9, 10, and 11 there in 1 Peter chapter 4. We we minister together by the grace of God, the gifts of God toward one another to grow each other unto Jesus Christ, Christ likeness. Uh, and it's all, it's all um, under the glory of God, the ultimate glory of God. And of course, you know our mission statement here at Grace is that we exist to glorify God by evangelizing the lost and equipping the saints unto the goal of Christ's likeness and all those um, aspirations and goals are reached all by grace, all by help from heaven when we're governed by the Spirit. So again, we uh, move on to chapter 5 and verse 10 where we're reminded that grace forever remains a a glorious um, aid throughout our whole lifetime. And its goal in life, its aim as our divine aid from heaven is to mature us, confirm us, strengthen us, and establish us in our walk in Christ-likeness. So just these handful of passages, just from this one short five-chapter letter, reminds us that grace touches every aspect of our life. 
from our salvation of our souls to the salvation of our bodies from the earth and to every human rhythm of life it influences from the day we're saved to our growth and holiness to the way we function in our homes to the way we function in the church all of this is all by God's grace so looking again over the last year as I mentioned earlier we've all experienced growth by grace and sometimes that growth could be painful I also stated earlier that it's been wonderful to see you developed by God's grace and it's been wonderful to hear your stories of sometimes the painful way that God's grown you in the last year. So since we've learned that God's grace touches every part of our existence, I would like to just close this morning by directing our minds and hearts towards determining together that we could continue to know how God's capable grace is in the year to come and that we would continue as 2 Peter 3.18 states that we've already read this morning to grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. God in his sovereignty plans on developing us in 2021 by his grace as he did in 2020. You may say, boy, I hope we get a little reprieve from what we experienced last year. And my goodness, me too. <laughs> uh, you know, me too. Uh, regardless, we know that in every circumstance, God is by his grace throwing himself behind our formation in Christ likeness. You know, every time my kids come home from college, uh, I check the dashboard lights on their cars. And often there's a tire pressure sensor uh, light that's on their dashboard and there's other lights that you're familiar with. Maybe there's the check your oil light uh, maybe your uh, temperature light is going off because your engine's uh, overheating. And none of us ever like to see just the plain old engine light go on, right? That's always uh, typically means, you know, bigger dollars yet for the repair on that thing a lot of times. But nonetheless, uh, it's good to check that dashboard, look at those warning lights, and to remedy fix what needs to be fixed so that car can function properly. Well, spiritually, each of us needs to check our dashboards to see where God's grace uh, may need to maintenance our lives after such a difficult year. I know he has been during the year, and we've already praised God for how he's done that in us, and, and he's going to continue to do that for us in 2021. But I wonder for me, as I always work out my salvation with fear and trembling, I wonder for me if uh, there's uh, some current dashboard lights on that I could take a look at uh, to investigate how God's grace can help me um, grow in Christ's likeness. So this morning I'd like to conclude by outlining just several areas where we may need um, to continue <laughs> to uh, beg God to ask, uh, help us grow, uh, become aware of how capable His grace is to help us grow in Christ-likeness. Uh, 
Um, what I'm going to be going through here uh, at the end um, are some just very practical areas of life, these natural rhythms of life that I believe grace touches since it saturates the whole of our life from salvation spiritually to salvation physically. It touches everything in between, as we've already said. I'm going to be highlighting some uh, spiritual aspects and practical aspects of our lives that I know grace touches that in which I struggled uh, in 2020 and um, sought to check those own uh, my own uh, warning lights on my own spiritual dashboard. Um, I want to review these with you as a flock. Uh, it's not my typical expositional message we'd have on a Sunday morning, but just wanted to review these with you as a flock um, to not only share with you my own challenges um, as far as growing in grace in these areas, but as we look to a new year, um, hopefully it's um, a bit more um, um, endurable than the last year, but it may not be. We don't know. But what we do know is what we've already stated multiple times this morning, that regardless of our circumstances, just like the, uh, the persecuted believers that Peter wrote to, that endured through long-standing terrain of difficulty, um, God's grace is sufficient to develop us in all areas of life. Um, but what I found out this last year about myself is um, often I wasn't allowing God's grace to uh, develop me in these particular personal and spiritual ways as God wanted it to develop me. And so I'm just going to kind of run through these. Um, it's challenged my heart. Uh, hopefully it'll challenge and encourage your hearts to make sure that we're um, not always looking at the big things that we would consider um, spiritual opportunities in our lives, but that we make sure that we're focusing on these smaller things that actually are uh, huge in relationship to how we uh, enjoy God's grace and, and grow in Christ's likeness. <clears throat> so here we go. Okay, uh, this is uh, growing in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll just ask a few questions here this morning, right? Is there a health light on your spiritual dashboard? Is there a physical health warning light on your spiritual dashboard? Maybe your health warning light is in relationship to your cardiac health your physical heart, maybe it's diet related. Maybe it's a constant pain somewhere in your body that you've left neglected and not gone to see a doctor. Maybe your body is telling you that you need more sleep. Maybe it's reminding you that uh, you've stress eaten far too long in the last 10 months and you've allowed anxieties to uh, govern your appetite. Have you had a physical lately? And 
I'm certainly preaching to myself through all these statements and questions too, as I've already said. These were practical things that God exposed in my life uh, during the difficulty of this last year that um, you have to remedy. And you remedy these things and address these questions and it's all by God's grace that we do this. God created your body, he created our bodies. The Spirit of God indwells our bodies. You know that from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. And our, these are, we are the temple. These bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit that indwells us. And we are to demonstrate um, the attributes of God uh, in our bodies and in our souls, our spirit, which are, which are his. We are to glorify God in our body soul and spirit, which he owns. You know, when you get over 50, we're supposed to do some uncomfortable recommended routine maintenance on these bodies, aren't we? Have we scheduled those appointments? Do you exercise? Are you mobile? You know, most everyone here can walk, and walking is one of the best exercises out there from what health enthusiasts tell us. If you can't walk, I'm sure your physical therapist has given you some isometrical exercises to do even while you're sitting. The scripture does promote physical exercise in 1 Timothy 4 that you folks are familiar with. I, uh, I would say that in 2020, with all that was going on, one of the first things that I think was um, easy to let go of in our lives was, was care for our bodies. And we all know how the stresses and anxieties of uh, life can affect our frame, our physical frame. And I think I sensed it, and I know you did. Um, and there's some things that uh, are priorities that kind of remove off of our radar when we're um, inundated by all of these things that are out of our control and it can affect us physically. I just want to encourage you to um, maintenance the temple of the Holy Spirit, okay? And Consider it as uh, a frame, a body that's not owned by you anymore. And as we move forward into 2021, let's do what we can to take care of the gift of our bodies that the Lord's given to us. You know, how is your mental health or well, physical health? How about your mental health? Obviously, our personal walk with the Lord is the most important discipline that strengthens mental health but you know you can actually sit and read your Bible for hours and not get anything out of it if you're not sleeping eating and exercising regularly sleeping eating and exercising aids uh, good mental health you don't have to read too far along in any legitimate health website or book or journal to find support uh, for that truth let me ask you this, are you enjoying the grace of sleep? 
We've already talked about exercise. We've already talked a little bit about diet in relationship to our bodies. And, and uh, if it's, um, whether it's, it's, it's diet, exercise, or sleep, if it's something the Word of God addresses that we are to focus upon, then God's grace gives us the ability uh, to make sure that we um, give as much attention to those three things, diet, exercise, and sleep, as the Bible gives to them. And the Bible does give attention to those three things. And when those three things are done in a way that um, pleases the Lord, then um, we have mental capacities I've experienced that in this last year we have we have mental wherewithal that we would not have had otherwise so how are you doing in your mind how are you doing in your mind I had the opportunity over the the break here to read a book. It's titled Reset. The author is David Murray. A number of you may have read it. And he offers some mental warning lights, some dashboard lights uh, that were helpful to me to find out if I was being unnecessarily distracted by 2020 events or whatnot. And um, I read the book. I bought the book. I read it because um, I felt that I needed a reset uh, after 2020 in my own life spiritually. And he says, he asked these questions in relationship to mental health warning lights. He said, how, how hard is concentration for you? He also uh, asks, uh, do you constantly dwell on negative things or negative subjects? I don't think that's a problem for any of us, right? Uh, here's one, right? Are you so wrapped up with these negative things and negative subjects it's causing anxiety to the point where you forget to remember things that you typically easily remember, such as the birthday of your wife or children or an anniversary, maybe even their cell phone number or maybe even their names at times. <laughs> How about these uh, emotional warning lights are you often sad to the point of feeling like crying when's the last time you had a, a good laugh with somebody else do you feel hopeless when it comes to your marriage your children your job your nation or your church are you feeling so hopeless at times that you think the world might be better off without you. I would say that uh, 2020, because like I said earlier, it was somewhat apocalyptic in its nature, uh, brought all of us to the point where we were mentally and emotionally struggling at various degrees, if we're going to be honest. But Peter said, let's grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. These growing pains can be painful. We recognize our failures, but God's grace and indwelling spirit is right there 
uh, to help us uh, mature and pick up and carry on into a new year. And let's work together uh, as we move forward into these coming months where there will be more things that are out of our control that we can't control. Uh, and let's work together by understanding how, God's, how capable God's grace is. Um, 1 Peter 3, 7 and chapter 4 and verse 10, I think would have us ask the question, how's the health of your relationships? What about the grace of God that attends to relationships, not just our mental health and our emotional health that's underpinned by our sleep, our diet, and our exercise? Right? How's the grace of God affecting your relationships in your home and in the church? Here are some relationship warning lights Murray offers regarding our most important relationship, that with the Lord. He asks, have your personal times with God decreased in length and increased in distraction with little time for meditation or reflection? Do you check email and social media before you meet with God each day? Do you still have those same ongoing conversations with the Lord throughout your day? Are you skipping church? He says people that are struggling in their relationship with God don't uh, get anything out of sermons. Hang on to this. Don't get anything out of sermons or you no longer think every sermon has something for you in it. Some of us aren't serving in church anymore. And it's become uncomfortable for you to even serve. And it's become comfortable for you not to serve. He says here, too, that maybe you believe all the truths of the Bible, but you don't believe them for yourself. Are you struggling in your walk with the Lord? I think all of us did at some point in some way in 2020. But here's just some warning lights, maybe, that the grace of God can help us attend to. And I want to work together. I want you to work with me, and I want to work with you to make sure that we're prepared together to allow God's grace to mature us, even in our own personal walk with the Lord. And grace touches all relationships. Maybe the marriage light is lit up on your dashboard and it's time for you to ask your spouse how you feel your marriage is going. Maybe the kid warning light is on and it's time for a conversation. The first seven chapters of Proverbs, as you know, all begin with the life-saving importance of parents wisely relating with children through spiritual communication. Do you talk to your kids much? Do your kids even want to be around you? Have you allowed the stresses of 2020 uh, to change you to the point where others are uncomfortable being around you. Mm. Whatever the difficulty is, let's personally address it with the Lord and then let's work together uh, to uh, grow in God's grace as we address these warning lights on our dashboards. And is the work dashboard light flickering on and off? Are you happy? that the Lord's giving you a job? Do you complain about your job? Are you even happy you're working? 
What would people say about you at your work? Are you a workaholic at the expense of God's grace ministering to you and through you and other life priorities? Let me ask you this. Do you vacation? We know we saw Christ get away from the fray of work and ministry to personally rest. Solomon certainly said getting away was necessary. We saw that some time ago when we worked through the book of Ecclesiastes. It's one of those things we can control. We can control um, our rest and our relaxation. We can at least plan for it and know that God's for it and that the, the grace of rest, the grace of relaxation, the grace of getting away is something that God um, requires. And it's uh, a blessing that rejuvenates us to continue to grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when's the last time you took a vacation? and relaxed. Right? Was it refreshing? Was it uh, of a nature where you were ready to get back into the natural rhythms of a Christian life and uh, endure well? Hey, how about for all of us that one day off a week habit? God set that pattern for us in the creation week. So how's that going for you? I would say that pastors are the worst examples of honoring Sabbath day rest um, in the world. <laughs> we talk about that often as pastors. But are you getting a full day off a week? We don't have to talk about how saturated our lives are with opportunities and good things, let alone the difficulties. But I, we need to make sure that we're getting a full, complete uh, day off. And uh, again, some of these simple natural rhythms of life, we were distracted away from uh, during a very, very tumultuous year. And we've got to reclaim these virtues by God's grace because he would have us to, uh, to make sure that we're going to and continue to endure well into 2021, uh, not knowing what it has uh, in store for us. Right? There are so many other practical areas of life that, to cover that we just really don't have time today. But please know, if it's about your body, your soul, or your spirit, God's grace influences it, and we must help each other grow in Christ-likeness. In 2020, I'm sure we all failed in our walk, and there's some warning lights on our dashboards that God's grace will help us um, identify and, and, and treat. But remember this, though. Uh, J.R. Briggs in his book said, failure can be enriching compost. Indeed, ministry is fertile ground for failure, and failure is fertile ground for ministry. Failure can be enriching compost, and it is, isn't it? Um, 
And what enriches that compost is God's grace, allowing us the opportunity to uh, do the right thing the right way again and to learn um, about ourselves and how easily we're distracted during a time of extreme trial and God's grace and his patience to get our feet pointed spiritually back in the right direction and move forward. Many of us uh, feel like 2020 was a, a crash course on how to fail. And then we speak the sweet refrain in our minds of Peter's inspired words, but. But growing grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's never too late to do the right thing. God's grace is always available. And may 2021 be a year together as a church family where we're regularly asking God's grace to demonstrate God to demonstrate to us how capable his grace is to sustain us in every natural rhythm of life. Okay? Uh, Lord bless you. Uh, thank you for being here today for worship. Uh, let's pray together as we close our service and head to our final hymn together. Father in heaven, we thank you for your all-consuming grace that saves and sustains. We, we look forward to, Lord, in this, in this coming year of growing in grace together, personally and then collectively as a church family. Thank you for your patience with us and our failures. Certainly failure is enriching compost. And there we till the soil of our souls by the help of your grace to grow, to become more conformed to the image of your Son. So, Lord, whether we've succeeded or we've failed, by God's grace, we continue to move forward in doing that which is right and righting the wrongs of our failures by your grace. So all glory would go to you. We don't know what 2021 is going to bring, but we know that we need to have your grace maintenance our walk even down to its most natural simple rhythms so we look forward to how your grace will saturate us and to teach us as we are molded into christ likeness in this new year in his name we pray amen let's sing together